This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 15, verses 35 to 39. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord to see how they were doing. Barnabas planned to take John, who was called Mark, with him also. But Paul didn't think that it was a good idea to take with them someone who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and didn't go with them to do the work. Then the contention grew so sharp that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Let's keep reading, starting in Acts 15, verse 35. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Antioch was Paul and Barnabas' home church, so to speak. They had been there for quite a while, serving and proclaiming the word during the church's initial growth phase in that region. It was there where they were eventually sent off by the Holy Spirit and the church on their first missionary trip to the regions of Cyprus and Turkey. And upon return, they continued serving among the believers there. When the Judaizers came, disrupting things, they were sent to Jerusalem to settle the matter. After the issue was settled, they went back to Antioch and continued serving there, even after Judas and Silas departed, preaching and teaching God's Word. What's the difference between preaching and teaching the Word? Luke lists preaching and teaching as two distinct actions. As well in Scripture, Paul instructs Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 1-2 to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. So Timothy there was to preach, and also, among other things, teach. Both preaching and teaching involve sharing God's word. Teaching could be said to include more explication and explanation. Done in more of a conversational setting, it's often dialogical, whereas preaching may include more invitation and exhortation, with its communication being more monological, that is, moving in one direction from the preacher to the hearers. But these qualities can certainly overlap, so that one teaching still exhorts and invites, and one preaching still, at times, explicates and explains. So Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, both teaching and preaching the word. But notice that verse 35 notes, they did so with many others also. In other words, there were many teachers and preachers in Antioch among the believers in the church. This wasn't just one guy doing it all, one pastor preaching all the sermons, leading all the Bible studies, doing all the evangelism. No, there were many among the assembly gifted to preach and teach, likely called to preach and teach, 
and who in practice looks like regularly preached and taught. You would maybe assume, concerning the great Apostle Paul, with all of his knowledge and ability from Christ, that everyone would just step aside and say, you do it all, Paul. But no, despite the gifting he had and the intense theological training from the who's who of Pharisees, Gamaliel, Paul wasn't the only guy preaching and teaching in the church at Antioch. Many were. Also, Paul and Barnabas had been set apart as missionaries. This means they also had a responsibility and obligation to the church abroad, where they administered. They couldn't always be there in Antioch to oversee their home church. There needed to be other leaders in Antioch able to preach and teach. These days, sometimes I wonder if gifted speakers and charismatic leaders in Christian churches can be tempted to hoard the preaching and teaching platforms, not allowing the variety and diversity of preaching and teaching gifts that the Holy Spirit has placed on certain individuals in Christ's body to be utilized for the edification of the body. The problem I've seen with the identity of a church getting wrapped up too much in a particular personality, charisma, or preaching style is that when that person has a moral failure or leaves the church for whatever reason, then the church kind of falls apart. But a multiplicity of teachers and preachers in the church, I think, helps prevent some of those hang-ups and ensures that it becomes more about the message than the messenger. It can also keep our egos in check. As leaders equipped to preach and teach, take turns and hold each other accountable. Verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord to see how they're doing. This reflects Paul's genuine concern and love for those abroad to whom they had proclaimed the gospel. These men, Paul and Barnabas, were instrumental in many coming to faith in Jesus. They planted the seed of the gospel in many whose hearts were fertile ground and who received the message with joy and faith. Paul was concerned about their spiritual growth. He wanted to see them grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like a good shepherd protecting his flock from wolves, the Apostle Paul wanted to check in with these new converts among these freshly planted churches abroad. How were they doing? Was the church growing? Were they remaining faithful? Were they faltering under persecution? Were false teachers creeping into the fold and seeking to harm the flock? Were those same Judaizers who had just caused so much ruckus in Jerusalem and Antioch going to continue their reckless campaign throughout the dispersion? Would they make their way to Asia Minor, where Paul and Barnabas had planted some of these new churches? Jesus commanded his followers to make disciples, not only baptizing them in the name of Jesus, but also teaching them to observe all of his commands. Paul and Barnabas had planted many seeds of salvation throughout Asia Minor and abroad. Now he wanted to return and continue watering those seeds, hoping God, in due time, 
would grow these new converts into mature disciples of Christ. Our ministry team, Adams Road, has traveled pretty much annually across the United States and Canada since 2009, usually over a four-month season each year, ministering the good news of Jesus Christ abroad through testimony and song, in churches, and at community outreach events. You know, and I can say it's such a blessing when we get to return to an area after a few years and revisit some of our family in Christ abroad to see how they're doing to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith in God-given gifts. From time to time, we'll meet someone who says something like, I met you all three years ago and heard your witnesses of Christ. I wasn't a believer back then, but to God's glory, your testimonies really impacted me at the time. I'm so glad you've come back so I can share this with you. I have since become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they may go on to share their own testimony of Jesus with us and how He's currently working in their lives, the good works He's preparing them to walk in, and so on, to God's praise and glory. So we'll praise God and rejoice together, reconnect, hang out, pour God's love into each other, encouraging each other through the Word of God. It's such a fulfilling experience to hear how people have come to know Jesus and to get to be a part of that process in some small way. The Apostle Paul had a special heart of love towards those to whom he had ministered. Their hearts knit together. He desired to see them again. Part of a traveling Christian ministry, I can relate to this type of yearning to return and reconnect with those afar. So again, starting in verse 36 of Acts 15, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord to see how they're doing. Barnabas planned to take John, who was called Mark, with him also. But Paul didn't think that it was a good idea to take with him someone who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and did not go with him to the work. Then the contention grew so sharp that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Remember a few episodes ago, we covered Acts 13, verse 13, where John Mark had departed from Paul and Barnabas at Perga in Pamphylia and returned to Jerusalem. We explored some of the possibilities as to why John Mark had left. Ultimately, we don't know the circumstances in full picture. We do know here from Acts 15, 38, that Paul didn't think too highly of Mark's decision to depart from them to Jerusalem, to the point he refused to let Mark go with him on their second missionary journey. Maybe he thought something like, this guy forsook us when we needed him the most. He failed the test. Many are called, but few are chosen. This guy isn't worthy of the calling, and I'm not going to put myself in a position again of relying on someone who's wishy-washy and lukewarm. Fool me once, shame on him. Fool me twice, shame on me. Maybe someday he can have a second chance, but not today. And not with me. I just don't think he's ready for this calling. Barnabas, on the other hand, wanted to give this guy a second chance. Perhaps he saw it was an opportunity for restoration and growth in John Mark's life. 
Also, regarding missionary work, Jesus had said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Maybe Barnabas was of the mindset, why on earth turn away someone from the work who wants to serve? We could really use this guy, and the laborers are few. Furthermore, Barnabas and Mark were cousins. No doubt he had a soft spot for this young man and desired to extend grace and opportunity. This was probably not much different than the soft spot Barnabas had towards Paul himself in his infancy as a Christian. After all, shortly after Paul's conversion, it was Barnabas who took Paul under his wing when the rest of the disciples in Jerusalem wanted nothing to do with him. In their eyes, he was still the Pharisaical zealot who had gone house to house ravaging the Christians. Acts chapter 9 tells us that Paul tried to join the disciples back in Jerusalem, but they were afraid of him. They didn't trust him one bit. Then Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced him to the apostles and stood up for him, told them how Saul had seen and spoken to the master on the Damascus road and how in Damascus itself he had laid his life on the line with his bold preaching in Jesus' name. After that, he was accepted as one of them going in and out of Jerusalem with no questions asked, uninhibited as he preached in the Master's name. So in other words, Barnabas stuck his neck out for Paul, showed him grace, gave him a chance when no one else would. Barnabas was an encourager and very generous. His birth name was Joseph, but he was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. This just goes to show how highly esteemed this man was among the Jerusalem brothers. He had previously sold a field, for example, and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Acts 11 verse 24 describes him as a good man filled with the Holy Spirit and faith. When Barnabas' ministry was flourishing in Antioch, he didn't hoard it, but so loved and esteemed Paul that he sought him out in Tarsus and brought him up to Antioch to minister alongside. He saw value in having Paul along for the ride and a need for him. These guys had been in the trenches together for years. Barnabas, along with Saul, organized a collection of funds among Gentile Christians to help their fellow Jewish believers in Judea They had traveled all over Cyprus and Asia Minor together, by sea and by land, side by side preaching the gospel, enduring persecutions, getting ran out of town, but also reaping a harvest of souls from almost everywhere they went. After their missionary trip, they ministered together in Antioch and were sent by the church in Antioch to Jerusalem to have the dispute which was started by the Judaizers, settled. After some more time in Antioch, Paul wanted to go back out and check on the converts from their previous mission trip. Barnabas wanted to take along his cousin, John Mark, and give him another chance. But Paul disagreed. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin 
That was Fulfilling All Righteousness from the Adams Road album, Son of Man. It's not fair that I, as Barabbas was, released from my guilty charges, and the king Sin for us so that we 
right so I'd be innocent It's not fair It's not fair that Christ would become a curse for us to redeem and call us blessed and all It's Not Fair, from the Adams Road album Son of Man.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts 15, 36-41. Grace and peace be with you all.